Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of Believe in the Jaguars right here on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino, and joining me as always is my co-host, James Johnson, managing editor of the Jaguars Wire via USA Today. Jay, it's uh, good to be back here. I am back from my my nice uh, little vacation. I'm refreshed and ready to talk about the Jags and to talk about some, uh, you know, very exciting changes that we are hoping to see. Uh, that will improve not only the team, but also the city of Jacksonville. And I'm excited to get into it with you. Yeah, man. Welcome back, man. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, have not taken a vacation yet. So I'm running off of fumes <laughs> and I'm dragging um, here. But still, nonetheless, we'll make it a, a entertaining episode for the fans who've been dedicated and loyal to the podcast, who've rated, commented, and subscribed, and all of that good stuff. We ask that you continue to show us some love. We appreciate it. And yeah, man, like you said, some exciting stuff that, um, you know, around this time of year, we're always uh, talking about this type of thing. So, you know, hopefully uh, this time around, and everybody knows what I'm referring to, uh, we'll actually get somewhere in terms of progress. 100%. And your vacation is coming up soon, man. We need to, you, me, and and Josh, the the Yellow Label crew, we need to get up to Atlanta and, you know, catch a Braves game or something this summer. <laughs> it is long overdue. We are all uh, vaccinated and, and ready to go. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, safely attend a baseball game this summer because, yeah, I am I, I am in need of that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. It's, it's long, long overdue, man. The draft is just, the draft was a battle in itself for us and, uh, the process before so yeah it's time man <laughs> well listen folks we're gonna get to the episode here in just a moment but as jay mentioned before thank you to all of those that have gone over to apple podcast left us a five-star review that is one of the best ways you can support the show so continue to do that if you have not already along with apple podcast you can also find us on spotify google play stitcher luminary and tune in of course you can find us at believe.com and at believe podcast as part of the awesome believe podcast library you can tweet the show at believe in jags pod on twitter or believe in jags pod on instagram you can find me at phil the filipino f-i-l-i-p-i-n-o and you can find jay at sports grind underscore don and one more time before we get started as well we do have to give a shout out to one of our og sponsors which of course is bet online Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. I thought I had jinxed us. You know, last week we talked about how well the Mavs and the Hawks were doing, uh, both of our teams. And then while I was out in California, the Mavs dropped two in a row to the Clippers. And the series, of course, was tied up. And, you know, if you're listening to the show, you know how superstitious uh, sports fans can be. So, of course, when I got back last night, I made it a point to watch the Mavericks on TV. And lo and behold, they won. Jay, your series is all done and taken care of. So congrats to you. And of course, the Atlanta Hawks, you're moving on to the second round. 
where I think you guys are getting Philly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's, it's Philly. So we're getting a, a level up in competition with uh, Simmons and Embiid, who I know I think Embiid has uh, missed a few games or maybe one game. So he's dealing with an injury. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you on the superstitious thing. Like when uh, Clint Capella started talking noise about, you know, going to right. <laughs> uh, the New York uh, to uh, Madison Square Garden and taking care of them. I got nervous myself because, you know, like we we've been known in Atlanta sports to write off somebody and then, you know, it all falls apart. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I would have said that, but they actually did go there and take care of business at, uh, at Madison Square Garden. Trey Young put up his, you know, his routine, what, 34, 35 points that he's been putting up. So he was on fire and he got some contributions all over the place. So uh, we'll get the advance and, you know, um, we're I guess I could say, you know, we're a step ahead of where I thought a lot of fans thought we would be because, you know, we didn't know how that first series was going to go. We didn't even know if the Hawks were going to make it out of the first series, who they were going to play. But uh, to the surprise of many. They stepped to the plate, uh, took care of business at Madison Square Garden on multiple occasions, and now they get their advance and, and face the Philadelphia 76ers. So it should be entertaining, to say the least. Um, and, I, you know, I'm hoping my, my guys put up some fight and win the series in totality. But, you know, time will tell. It's just so crazy. You know, of course, you know, Luca and Trey are going to be linked together for their entire careers. And I can't tell you how happy it makes me just that both of those guys are flourishing. You know, I, I think, Jay... If you if you asked either one of us, we'd be happy with either player on our team. But, you know, look at Luca, uh, hopefully, you know, just one win away from knocking off the Clippers and, and, you know, the Clippers going clip is the is the famous saying. So hopefully he's able to wrap it up and avoid a game seven back in L.A. But, you know, that being said, guys, we just had to get our teams are continuing to win. So we had to get that out of the way and talk about it. But let's get into a little bit of news here. Uh, First, we want to talk about a transaction. Uh, roster transaction that was made here today, Jay. And uh, that is uh, that was first reported by Ian Rappaport, former All-Pro and Pro Bowl wide, rece- wide receiver slash returner. Farrell Cooper is signing with the Jags. The former Ram star recently played with the Panthers. And uh, a lot of this has to do pretty much, Jay, with um, essentially what you were talking about is it was a there's an injury to Terry Godwin, who um, we, of course, want to send out the best team. Not 100 percent sure what happened, but Jay, you said that he had posted something to his Instagram story. It looked like that he had recently had some sort of surgery. I don't know if you have any uh, extra information on what's going on with him, but we definitely wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, so, you know, bringing in a Pharaoh Cooper, who, as I mentioned, there is kind of a return specialist, which is what we expected really Jamal Agnew to be. So do you really think just uh, this is just filling in an additional spot? Of course, that was just basically left open by Terry Godwin. Or do you think there's a chance that maybe Farrah Cooper could actually, you know, see some snaps? Yeah, I mean, I think what it was is, you know, when Godwin went down, you know, I'm assuming this is what happened when Godwin went down. Urban Meyer just saw an opportunity to, uh, you know, add more competition at one of his favorite units on the team. But I don't think he's going to make the team, you know, maybe he could push, uh, you know, maybe a guy like Philip Dorsett for a spot. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, as I said in the last podcast, I think those last spots at the receiver position are are settled or will be settled, at least in my opinion, with probably Philip Dorsett and Jamal Agnew 
uh, both of those guys as your number five and number six. And those are guys that will also see a lot of time on special teams. Uh, but look, you know, Cooper does have the offseason to uh, and, and the, pre- the preseason, should I say, uh, to come out there and, and make a name for himself. And, you know, if he can return to the player of old, we're talking about a former uh, all pro here, if I'm not mistaken, if he can return to the, uh, you know, the player of old, you know, earlier in his career, whatever the case may be, make some noise, catch some eyes, you know, he can crack the final 53 man roster. But, um, you know, if, if the other two guys that I've named outshine him and look remotely close to what Urban Meyer thinks they'll look like, I think those are the two guys that'll be uh, your last two receivers on the depth chart. Yeah, and that all-pro season, Jay, that you mentioned was in 2017 with the Rams. Uh, He did score on a kick return and also led the league in yards per kick return with 27.4 yards. Um, He did, uh, the ensuing season, uh, did see him earn a Pro Bowl nod as a returner as well. And then uh, then he began to kind of jump around the league. So yeah, like you said, Jay, you know, he's got some time here to try and make an impact. Who knows, maybe he can push for one of those five, five or six spots. You know, who knows what will Uh, what will happen next. But we did want to mention that since we did wake up to that news this morning. But the news that we wanted, we really want to get into here, Jay, and you know, of course we're coming off of the lot J debacle and everything that went on there and just the saga, the multi-year saga, which ultimately ended up in, of course, not moving forward and Shad Khan and and, and, uh, the team and the owner and the group, they're just choosing to move on to new projects. And, uh, you know, we heard about, now we are learning, about a uh, really, really interesting and exciting new development for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, we know when Urban Meyer you know, came to the team, he was essentially demanding upgraded facilities. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know specifically what that entailed, but we knew that Urban Meyer wouldn't come here without a list of demands being met. And it seems like we are already starting to see that though some of those demands come to fruition here, Jay. So the organization has proposed a development plan for the downtown Jacksonville area as a whole, and that will include a practice facility. Uh, the first year head coach that had requested um, earlier this year, the facility will reportedly cost one hundred and twenty million dollars. And though nothing has been finalized, the plan is for Khan to pay half and the city to pay the other half. By completing this project, it will not only help the Jags uh, help give the Jags more space and uh, a world class facility, uh, but it will also kickstart the process of renovating or building the Jags a new stadium, which is something the team has argued is vital for them to remain in Jacksonville. So, Jay, there's a lot of details here. We're going to get into a few more of them here in just a moment. But, you know, we've seen renditions. We've seen plans like this be, uh, you know, be revealed to the city before. You know, I think at one point, you remember, the landing was supposed to be turned into, or they wanted to return it into an aquarium. And then there was different, uh, you know, all these other different plans for hotels and all this stuff. And then, of course, everything with lot J. So what about this should be, should, should we think is going to be different? Why should we feel differently about these plans? And why should we be a little bit more optimistic than maybe we have been in the past when things like this have come up? Yeah. Well, with the, the facility and we'll get into the other plans later with the facility, these plans directly correlate to the actual football team itself. Um, You know, this isn't, you know, something for the city. This isn't something. I mean, yeah, it kind of helps the city, I guess. But this isn't something for the city. This isn't, you know, retail shops. 
uh, bars and, you know, all of that stuff, uh, residential areas they were trying to put in Lot J. Uh, this is something that the team, uh, you could probably argue, well, I, I would definitely say they've needed, because I've said this for a decade, that they've needed a standalone practice facility, and they kind of broke that down today. Um, it's vital for the team because basically, you know, it's going to come a time, which we've spoke on many, many times on this podcast, it's going to come a time where they need renovations for the stadium, right? But if they are working and and whatnot within the stadium confines and they're they're using the stadium as a headquarters, they can't have renovations unless they move elsewhere, um, you know, so they can't like that. It just caused some conflict there. So with a standalone facility, which will have to come first before the renovations, the Jags will have a opportunity to resume or just keep operations as they are football operations, even ticket sales and all of the other operations, you know, the stuff that Amy Paulsick does, public relations. They can do all of that stuff, keep operations going whenever the renovations come because they now do have a separate facility from the actual stadium. So when you look at it, as I said, I think it was when we looked at this months ago, it was like 23 teams that actually have standalone facilities that don't operate out of their stadiums. Uh, The Jaguars are trying to be one of those teams. They need more space too. by the way. Urban Meyer hired a plethora of people. We've talked about that as well. And I think they had a little graph up there that they showed, Martin Lampin showed, and the Jaguars were working with like 50,000 feet in terms of their facility and, you know, having operations in, whether that's football operations, sales, ticket sales, whatever the case may be. Um, In comparison to the league average, which is about 150,000 square feet. So they are working with significantly less room in terms of the facility, um, and, and they do need an upgrade in that category. So that being said, you know, this is something that, again, this doesn't correlate to the city so much uh, more. So this is for the team and it's an opportunity, I guess you could say, for the city to invest into the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Shad Khan said he's going to put half in on it, which is, you know, of $120 million. That's $60 million. Um, I would assume this shouldn't be that hard for the Jaguars or the, the city uh, they're in to, to pay up the one, uh, the 60 million. Um, this was something that was kind of talked about on Twitter when they announced it. A lot of fans were like, okay, 60 million, that's kind of affordable. That's not that big of a deal to build a facility for your team, uh, show that commitment to your team or whatever the case may be, have them a official home, if you will. So we'll see where the talks go. Uh, but, you know, like you, you have to feel a little bit more optimistic about these negotiations uh, because this is just a direct path to help the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's an easy process. Uh, we'll see when they vote on the matter, you know, how easy it goes. But um, this is one that you got to feel confident in uh, personally as a fan base. Yeah, we've we heard Urban talk about this whenever he had his introductory press conference. You know, he wants to make sure that we have world-class facilities here in Jacksonville. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, Jay, you know, while I did believe that this was part of the negotiation process, I'm a little surprised to see that we're already kind of getting everything come to fruition. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I did not expect that on June 3rd, we would be hearing all about what is, you know, coming next. I I love this idea. Of course, you want to upgrade, you want to upgrade the facilities. The fact that they have such little room to work with an NFL professional sports team, 
that has that small amount of room to work with for everybody uh, that's in you know that's involved within the organization. It's just absolutely insane. Uh, to kind of expand upon that a little bit, the facility will give the Jags a 125,000 square foot performance center to handle football operations from. It will include two outdoor fields, an indoor field, which will allow the city to have access. Uh, to their current one locker rooms meeting rooms training and rehab medical rooms a weight room coaching area uh, coaching offices and dining areas and you know we talk about how of course this is a lot different than the college game there's not necessarily um you know there's not necessarily recruiting involved but i can only imagine that especially when you're trying to you know make jacksonville a more appealing place of course you got the new quarterback and the new coach coming in i feel like this can only really help when it comes to the, you know, the long term of trying to lure people to come here to Jacksonville. Yeah. And one thing I want to say is like, I was surprised that shot Khan and the renderings, just uh, the renderings in general, but uh, we're specifically talking about the renderings here for the actual facility. I'm surprised he didn't like, we're so used to seeing him go like so much bigger, you know what I'm saying? And just putting these outlandish renderings out here. And I think basically this is a sign that he's starting to realize, like, um, you know, go for something more feasible, something more affordable, something that's not outlandish, something that's not going to catch the the taxpayers eyes. And they can instantly tell upon the renderings like, hey, no, we can't afford that. Um, so that, and that's not to say the facility looks bad at all. I mean, you've seen the renderings too, Philly. Actually, it looks pretty good. And I mean, one hundred and twenty million dollars towards the football facility that tells you that it'll be a world-class facility um you know i wonder how much space they got to work with but lamping kind of addressed that and said they'll knock out some parking and and this that and the other so it'll work out in the end but um yeah this is one like you know you i'm, I'm way more optimistic about this than anything that shot has proposed uh, because again it's directly oh, helping the team you know what i'm saying it's something that uh, a lot of people don't have their hands in. And, you know, it, also, I think the key with this is also is if you get the city to commit the 60 million dollars towards the facility, uh, that also says that, hey, they're willing to commit into the renovations later down the road, because obviously you're not going to invest 60 million into the team and not, you know, keep them here do what's necessary to keep them here by fixing up the stadium and getting the, getting that where it needs to be, which kind of was a theme of this uh, this presser or this conference or however you want to label it. That was kind of the theme is like, you know, all of this leads into uh, eventually getting a stadium uh, where we want it to be and, and getting the renovations there to, you know, basically give the Jacksonville Jaguars longevity in the city. So, yeah, that was my big takeaway from it was I'm surprised that, uh, it wasn't even more crazy. I, I was expecting to see the field split apart and an airplane come out of the bottom of it like the X-Men or something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> the, the, like the damn Avengers facility or something. Right, right. You you remember the first one they showed us, was which was the yeah. two-tier practice facility? Yep. Was, I was expecting something outlandish like that. But this was actually – and look, I don't know if this is the final render, and it might look much different down the road, but I was expecting something more outlandish. And another thing that kind of shocked me too, though, um, I don't know how many cities have had to put money towards a facility. And look, I don't think that's going to affect anything here. But, you know, it's been times where, you know, the, a lot of the teams I researched, the owners just put up that money to have their facilities. But at the same time, these facilities weren't $120 million or upwards of $100 million at the same time. So 
Um, I think like the Ravens, they had theirs paid for by ownership. And I think um, it was uh, the Colts I seen they had theirs paid for by ownership. But look, those weren't nearly as expensive as this one. But at the same time, while this one is a little bit more expensive than some of the facilities that we've seen at the same time, it's not outlandish. Like, you know, the one that we've seen in Minnesota, which I don't even want to know the price on that one. Yeah, and I like the idea of it staying downtown next to the stadium. You know, we've talked about in the past of uh, going with like the similar kind of like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys model where their facility is in Frisco. And of course, they play in Arlington. Um, You know, not totally against that, but I I do like the idea of them trying to expand and invest in downtown Jacksonville. And I think I think you also mentioned this is a really this will be very, very important in terms of getting the stadium either upgraded, either a major upgrade or just being rebuilt altogether, which I think if if this does pass and does happen, will get us closer and closer to that. Because, of course, you know, <laughs> Jay, I think if, if there's one topic we have we have been consistent about since we started back in the Jags Den days is that they are going to need a new stadium, either, you know, major renovations or just to knock the whole building down and maybe play somewhere else for a year. Um, do you want to talk about the rest of the development project here? It is being called Phase 1. So again, it, it's kind of like the Mar- <laughs> it's just like the Avengers, <laughs> just like just like Marvel. We have Phase 1 here uh, going on. Uh, the Jags proposed a five-star Four Seasons Hotel, an office building of several stories, and a renovated marina to be constructed across the street from TIAA Bank Field. The cost for this phase was said to be $441 million. Um, the third phase, the proposed third phase, would include an orthopedic sports medicine complex, retail space, and a parking structure. However, the cost for this phase wasn't disclosed and will be calculated at another time. During the presentation, both Jags owner Shad Khan and President Mark Lamping expressed confidence that a deal could be made as there seems to be more transparency than there was for the Lot J project. Jay, you just mentioned that. I said, quote, my goal is for downtown Jacksonville to be the envy of cities here in the U.S. and elsewhere. And I see no reason why we can't achieve that goal, Shad Khan said on Thursday. I am confident we have the local leadership, spirit and commitment to revitalize downtown Jacksonville in a manner that will make the world take notice while also serving the needs of the community and the people who make Jacksonville their home. So Jay, uh, he just touched on it right there. You know, in the, in that quote, you, um, uh, you said that there seems to be a lot more transparency here, a lot less, uh, you know, going behind people's back and being, a, uh, being a little shady. And I, I, again, that also does instill confidence in this project as a whole. It'd be interesting to see, you know, phase one, phase two, and phase three, if they all come to fruition. And I also w- want to talk to, you know, the listeners here that, that are not in Jacksonville and explain, you know, Jay, if you also want to take some time, explain why this is a big deal. You know, we, we of course, uh, you know, have, have tra- made a, tried to make a con- conscious effort to make sure we're not alienating uh, the fans, you know, uh, that are that are elsewhere, whether it be elsewhere in the country or elsewhere in the world, since we do have international listeners. And, you know, this is a big deal for uh, for the team and and for the city. And hopefully it encourages you guys to come visit, because, you know, if, if uh, you know, the stadium has, you know, a lot of major upgrades, if, if the the facilities are you can stay right downtown at a great hotel and then stay right across the street from the stadium and, you know, do a whole bunch of great things and experience Jacksonville for the culture and for, you know, for the city that we, Jay, you and I both know that it has the ability to be 
then that's just going to help everybody. You know, whether you're a fan here locally in Jacksonville or if you're watching elsewhere, you know, this only helps all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, you know, the mayor, Lenny Curry is going to have to have his hands in it. And to some degree, because he's going to have to sign off on things like that. But I did notice that in the presser, I watched the full thing, um, albeit I was trying to type through it and all of that as well. But I watched the full thing and I did notice that they didn't let Lenny Curry like speak during the whole process of the presser. It was just lamping shot con and they at the end, they did say, hey, um, after this Q&A with con and lamping, you know, uh, if you guys got questions for uh, Mayor Lenny Curry, I think it was, they said, uh, you know, you can question him after the fact. But it looks like Shad Khan may have learned his lesson. This is just how my eyes saw it. He may have learned his lesson from, you know, Curry kind of being the mouthpiece of this, uh, of Lot J. And, and not only that, again, people were shady of the business that Cordish companies and their hand in the whole matter as well if you notice they aren't in, involved in this at all no cordage companies uh less talking from from um mayor lenny curry and um lamping even said it himself he was like look we've kind of pretty much laid it all out for the city council and laid it out there for the people in other words saying look we try to be more transparent we learn from the lot j situation which is huge you know that makes us feel confident that the city council may have done us a favor and dodged a huge bullet. And albeit it was by one vote, uh, they needed just one more vote to have, you know, like Jay fulfilled and uh, signed off on. Uh, it makes us feel like, you know, as I was saying, uh, we may have dodged a bullet there. And not only that, you know, the big concern is when we didn't vote for the Lot J project or at least the city council, then a lot of people were concerned like, Hey, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars or Shad Khan or, or whoever the case may be wants to, who wants to develop downtown. They're not going to want to develop downtown because all of these plans keep getting shot down. And we're seeing that's not the case. Here we are a year later or, you know, a little less than a year later having discussions about more developments downtown, albeit, you know, this isn't probably as extreme as Lot J was. Uh, this is as simple as even though the cost is kind of similar, but this is as simple as a hotel, as we said, a marina, uh, which again, that correlates to what you were saying. You know, people that come here and stay in this fancy hotel, they look outside of their hotel, this high rise hotel, they see a beautiful marina out there. They're going to want to, you know, do whatever activities you can on the water. So that's how this affects those people coming in as tourists or whatever the case may be. It gives it a more visual, pleasing look and gives them activities that they want to do. Something to replace the landing, as you said, as well, because, you know, that was a at one point in time, that was a big major part of downtown. And, you know, the office buildings as well, which they spoke on. It's going to be six stories, I think they said. The Jaguars want to occupy two of those stories with their, you know, office operations, again, ticket sales public uh, relations, so on and so forth, which is good. You're getting people out of the stadium um, and you're not making the stadium a headquarters. So basically what you're looking at is the, the you know, the ticket sales that do uh, the reps to, that call you for your season tickets, whatnot, you know, Amy Paulsick, her crew, all of them will be working in that building if it's, you know, constructed, that is, and if it's approved. They'll be working in that building. Herbs and his crew, they'll be working at the actual football facility that they want to build which we feel like it's a high chance that that'll get done for sure he'll be 
over there operating that and the football operations. And then you have everybody uh, to the point where you're not, you're not functioning uh, out of the, the bowels of, of um, TIAA bank field, which is going to be renovated hopefully down the road. So, yeah, I mean, we won't really talk about phase three because they didn't even put a price out for that. So, you know, we really shouldn't go into details about that. And we, you know, we kind of should be skeptical about uh, phase one with the the hotel and whatnot. Um, we'll have to get more details on that. Of course, you know, the Florida Times Union and uh, Nate Monroe, they'll be all over that and they'll reveal that. But you, you have to think like the more and more we find out about this, uh, you know, the less and less skeptical it'll feel uh, like the Light J Project. So like you said, man, I mean, I think that'll be an exciting add to the downtown area. Uh, hopefully that can also spark some things like Blythe was saying that is needed downtown, you know, more local restaurants, more local areas, more things that's catered to the local people where they can introduce themselves to the tourists as well and make money and, and make opportunities and, and whatnot. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, this is something I don't want to put a percentage on how much it'll get done or whatever the case may be, as opposed to the actual facility. Because again, the facility is not really dealing with getting the intrigue of the city as much as this is, you know, like does the city want a new hotel? Do they want, uh, are they interested in this new office building? Whatever the case may be, we'll have to see time will tell. And um, eventually, hopefully we'll see some votes get done on that. And we'll see some more details as I already said on the actual financial part of the deal. Well, listen, Jay, if we're going to break this thing down into phases, as I just mentioned, you know, phase one of the MCU gave us the first Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the first Avengers movies. Pretty solid movies, right? Okay, Iron Man 1's pretty good. The first Avengers hasn't really aged that well. Phase two, though, you know, we got uh, we got Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron and Ant-Man, you know, things really, really started ramping up. And then phase three, we got Civil War, Thor, Ragnarok, Spider-Man, and then both Infinity War and Endgame and a lot of other really good movies as well. So, you know, we're going to have to build this universe is pretty much what they're trying to do. We've casted our leading man, right? We have we are our two. We got our cap and we got our, our Tony. We have we have Urban and we have Trevor Lawrence. We've got those two casted. And, let, you know, we got to see who's uh, let's see, who's our Thor. Is it going to would that be? um. Would that be Miles Jack, I feel? <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be Miles Jack, Josh Allen, somebody like well, Josh Allen might be uh Black Panther since he dressed up as Black Panther last year. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Miles Jack that. will probably be your Thor. Um you know, we used to could say Paz was Thor because he had the hair and all of that and, right. <laughs> and the muscles, but uh yeah, definitely I guess we could say we could pass that off to Miles Jack. Well, listen, guys, a lot of really, really exciting things, of course, not just for the city of Jacksonville, but if you're a Jaguar fan in general, you should be excited. But that's pretty much it for this week's episode, guys. We wanted to keep it light. Of course, we're going to be back uh, next week with a brand new episode. We are still going to do the top five things Jay is going to be looking for in training camp on the defensive side. So we did not figure about that. That should be coming here in the next couple of weeks. And then also just continuing to work on getting some some more guests. It's been a while since we had a guest on. Of course, we had Eric on a couple of weeks ago, um, but we are we definitely want to bring in some more guests here for you guys in the future and continue to work hard. So, Jay, you know, let everybody know what they have to look forward to, uh, not only on your end, but of course, here on the you know on the website and the podcast. Yeah, man, I'm definitely going to be watching uh, how the rest of OTAs go. They had a day open to the public today. Um, I didn't go to that one, but we'll get something up on that as well, because I didn't think I was going to be in Jacksonville for that one. 
So I didn't even bother for the credentials with that one. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll look into the remainder of OTAs in today's OTA session, which had some um, interesting nuggets from it. Gardner Minshew wasn't there. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, they say he looked better than he did last week, which is what you want to see, a little bit of gradual progress. Um, and, you know, they, they talked about DJ Chark, or they talked to, excuse me, they talked to DJ Chark. They talked to James Robinson and Roy Robertson Harris. So we'll get some quotes up from those guys. And uh, yeah, like you said, we'll eventually we'll get back to the element of getting guests on and whatnot. Uh, national guys, local guys, a little mix, a nice little melting pot of people to bring on the podcast to hear their takes. And uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it, man. Yeah, speaking of local guys as well, Jay, I don't know if you saw this. Austin Lane, our buddy Austin Lane, is going to be hosting a new morning show here in Jacksonville. So shout out to him. Honestly, Jay, I mean, I, I know I can speak for you when I say like there is I, I can think of very few people that deserve, you know, all the things that Austin Lane are, are, is getting more than Austin. He's a great guy and really excited for him. Did you see that uh, that, that news he announced the other day? Yeah, I saw that they're going to be doing the show. Um, You know, that's that's crazy to see. You know, Austin has told his story um before in the past you know he was a guy that um just kind of was going through some things after football brent calls him up hey man you want to do some radio stuff and his career takes off with cox media and he becomes one of the better uh, media members for jacksonville in just a short amount of time you know just what the span of what two to three years or whatever the case may be guy that really had no radio experience prior and now he's flourishing man and you can't help but be happy about it because he is a guy a lot of people like in the media um or, or a lot of the fans like as a media member and we need more people in the game like him man honestly so congratulations to him i'll definitely be checking that out uh, just as well as i'll continue to check out uh action news jack's show on ESPN 690, but uh, congrats to Austin, man, and hopefully, yeah, we can get him on, and he could talk about the new show and promote it and, you know, put us on game, maybe even get us on the show, you know what I'm saying, as we we, we, we had him on our show, but um, yeah, congrats to uh, Austin's and uh, big ups to him. Yeah, like you said, he's doing great in terms of, you know, uh, the the media game. He's he's killing it on Twitter. I mean, his, his meme game is top-notch, Jay. I'm sure Jaguar Twitter is very aware of that. So congratulations to Austin. We definitely wanted to send that out his way. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet, please subscribe and rate the show five stars over on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Um, I will give a little shameless plug here. It is a couple of months out. Um, but on August 19th, over where the uh, over at the baseball grounds where the Jumbo Shrimp play, I will be performing a crustacean comedy night uh, over at the Tiki Terrace there at the stadium. So you can come see me perform some stand-up comedy along with some really, really talented uh, some local comics. Shout out to Jay Paw for putting that together and getting me some time. Um, again, you can also find the show pretty much anywhere else you're listening to podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com as part of the awesome Believe Podcast Library and at Believe Podcast. Again, tweet the show or find it on Instagram at Believe in Jack's Pod. You can find me at Phil the Filipino, F-I-L-I-P-I-N-O, and Jay is over at SportsGrind underscore Don. Make sure to follow the Jaguars Wire for all your up-to-date Jacksonville Jaguars news. This has been Believe in the Jaguars, presented by BetOnline. Don't forget to believe in the Jaguars, but more importantly, believe in yourselves. We'll see you next time, folks.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.